Hello, I'm John Ellis. Welcome to episode 12 of Pitodri PS, the predominantly Dons-based podcast featuring not just the Dons first team, but a look across the age groups and genders at the club. And we focus on the respective progress of Cove and Peterhead too, as well as the Northeast local representatives in the Highland League and juniors. And not just football, but any sport making headlines in the Northeast of Scotland or featuring someone from the Northeast of Scotland. Joining me for this journey, as always, Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. So here we are. Uh, recording this episode on the morning of Tuesday, 26 October, the Dons now one game into what is hopefully a series of wins following a 1-0 victory over Hibs at Petaudry on Saturday, which is why we're all four mojitos into a session. Uh, speaking after the match, Stephen Glass. Delighted. Uh, the, the players put in put in a hell of a shift. Uh, give up a lot of possession second half, but showed that we're really resolute. Didn't want to give up a goal. None of the mistakes that we've seen recently as well and people throwing their bodies on the line. So uh, all adds up to a good day's work. And Stephen enjoyed the goal, which the entire group then celebrated following what's been for everyone a tough run. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, quick break, Hibs, Hibs were up the park. Quick break, Ramsey takes off like a sprinter and then he's going at that speed and still manages to hit hit an area that we'd worked on during the week that we felt would be an area. So that's why Christian ends up in that spot as well. Uh, and then the finish as well. Excellent. Against a very good goalkeeper. Uh, I don't know if it was just myself. It's the whole group of staff that's in the dugout. Uh, I think they they know what the run we're on means. I think they're well aware of that. Uh, they, I'm sure they read it every day. Like I say, I don't. But I'm sure the players read it. They see the pressure that's out there. Uh, and that means a lot when your team fights like that for you as a group of stuff. A word on the captain's contribution. Yeah, he ended up playing in a back three. I think he's done it for Celtic in the past. No, he didn't volunteer that information, but I think he did. So uh, we know he's capable of that. He's clever. He knows when to step into the midfield. He's aggressive in the air. He, he knows when to, when to step in. His other centre-halves were good narrowing in when he did. Uh, but yeah, I think led by example... Uh, a big performance from him today, as there was for a number of players, to be fair. Goal scorer Christian Ramirez says the main thing was simply getting the job done. Sometimes wasn't the prettiest at times, but um, to get out of the situation we were in, uh, we knew it wasn't going to be the prettiest of performances. Um, and you need to, to be able to dig down and get a result um, in that fashion sometimes to, to now get that confidence back where we know it belongs. I think we, we were building on, on stretches of games that, sort of we we let get away from us um, and it was just little lulls in the games that have cost us and today I think you saw that focus for the complete 90 minutes um, even when it wasn't the prettiest uh, we we were focused on on the small details of it. Ramirez is hugely grateful of everything the club's done for him spilling over in his celebration at the dugout. For myself I mean uh, uh, the whole staff has given me so much confidence and sort of revitalized my career over the over the, my time here um, and given me that confidence. Um, and me, I, I have I have so much respect and uh, have everything to repay them for bringing me over here and the belief they've given me. And I think it, it shows the group um, believes in the staff and, and Glass. And um, so, yeah, it was me just sending a message to, to him and um, that he doesn't even, he knows uh, that he's got our support <coughs> and our belief. Um, but... It was just to, to show. And Christian, especially thankful of the support from the returning Marley Watkins. Yeah, it was nice. Um, uh, since the Motherwell game away, um, been wanting him to to get fit and, and healthy and stay healthy because um, I know what he brings. Um, and there was plays where we sort of misunderstood each other because we haven't had that repetition in training. We only had it for about 15 minutes in training um, when we went over stuff this week. Um, but 
more of these these class and um, and get used to playing with a guy like that and especially you see in the goal um, I was able to to drop into that cutback area because he he made that run and the defense went with him um, so. Uh, a lot of credit on that goal to him. For the opposition, Hibs boss Jack Ross. I don't think there was a huge amount in the game, to be honest, in terms of between the teams. I think um, I believe possibly Shady first half obviously scored in that period. I think second half we dominate a lot of the ball and a lot of territory, but don't create enough in that period, don't work Joe Lewis enough. Um, and it had the type of game, the conditions, etc. So they felt like there would be very little between it and maybe one game, one goal, sorry, that, that settled in that. That's obviously the case. Oddies on the line, getting the job done, not the prettiest of games, all descriptions from those involved in it. Uh, a fair submission, but uh, not one for Don's fans to even care about, really, Andrew, is it? No, not at all. Uh, the, the only thing that mattered was getting a victory. And uh, to be fair to them, Despite all the, the problems that were thrown in their faces, they surmounted them all manfully and uh, and got the job done. Uh, it was not a, a game of football as such that will live long in the memory. There was some good stuff in the first half. The goal was excellent. Uh, it yeah. was a, a goal worthy of winning any game. Uh, beautifully crafted uh, and superbly well finished by Christian Ramirez. Uh, but then you had the problems that ensued. Calvin Ramsey uh, having to come off immediately after setting up the goal, uh, which forced a reshape of the back four or back five, as it was then. Um, then, of course, Declan Gallagher, who had probably been enjoying one of his best games in an Aberdeen shirt, having to come off with what looked like a serious hamstring injury. Uh, Joe Lewis getting a smack in the face from Ross McCrory in the second half. Uh, there was a worry, uh, I have to admit, the length of time it was taking for Joe to get back to his feet that he may not be able to continue. But um, again, when crosses came into the box, he didn't shirk anything. Uh, Scott Brown, magnificent throughout. But the, the, the whole show, I think, showed a strength of unity that we haven't seen amongst the players and amongst the fans, everybody pulling together in the same direction and getting the job done. Absolutely. Uh, Scott Brown, especially after last week, obviously feeling like he had a bit to prove, uh, leading by example, as the boss said, Dave, beautiful bit of play to set Calvin Ramsey on that run for the cross, setting up Christian Ramirez for the goal. Uh, then in defence for a bit, which at the time I have to say, I thought looked more organised than it has a week when he was a part of it. Just the epitome of a captain of the game, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think Scott Brown was one of several players in a, a red shirt who enjoyed their best games, best game of the season. And uh, you're, you're hoping that's the catalyst um, to go on to a run, of course, it's not going to be easy as we'll, we'll talk about, but uh, no, it's exactly what everybody everybody needs and the confidence, which is such a vital part of any football team, has taken a, a real boost. Um, you know, that said, Hibs were pretty woeful in terms of threatening Aberdeen uh, with not one shot on target in the 90 minutes. I watched the game obviously in the evening uh, on the, the rerun and, uh, you know, as Andrew said, first half some lovely football second half nothing to write home about but the important thing the only thing that mattered was holding out for all three points and uh, you know it gives everybody such a lift and we we go now to Ibrox tomorrow night without a defence because of all the injuries but <laughs> uh, you know uh, with 
confidence, and as I say, confidence can be such a, a vital, it is a, such a vital part. And the only downside, uh, as Dave says on the day, Andrew, the injuries we sustained, a backline that was, well, working better than it had in ages, lasted not quite one full half. Yeah, I mean, the, that backline chopped and changed so often during the game. Uh, I can't remember uh, what, what the starting one was. Well, Ramsey, and then you had Bates, Gallagher, McCrory, and Punzo Ojo playing yeah. uh, in the sort of left wing back position, which uh, I must admit um, was a little bit of a surprise. But to be fair to Funso, uh, he's one of those guys that you give him a job and he just goes out and he does it. And, um, you know, negated Martin Boyle to the extent that Boyle got so fed up with the way things were going for Hibs that he, he just took his frustrations out in Johnny Hayes and cemented him in the second half and, and got booked. But Johnny Hayes coming on when Calvin Ramsey had to go off uh, he slotted in. He still managed to get himself forward um, pretty well uh, and put some dangerous crosses into the area. Uh, but uh, I think, as I said, there was a unity about the group that we haven't seen. Make no mistake, there it wasn't an error-free performance. There were still moments there that you you were sort of you know. <laughs> Trying to hide behind the sofa if there'd been yeah. a sofa there. Um, but fortunately, <laughs> that didn't cost anything this time because other players came in and bailed their teammates out. So I, I think, um, you know, the, the the talk of unity that we heard coming out of the camp ahead of the game against Hibs manifested themselves so well on Saturday. And that, I think, is one of the big things for the supporters. They're always going on about, you know, do your talking in the park. Well, if ever there was a day that they did that, it was Saturday. Absolutely. Whilst he was on the pitch, Dave, Calvin Rams made that telling cross, which allowed Ramirez to score, but he still took it well, didn't he? He did. Um, and we've said it before, uh, we don't think, I'm sure we're in agreement that um, Ramirez is the kind of striker the likes been up there on his own because he, he mentioned Marley Watkins having him back, how much of a, a boost it was. And the, the delivery was great from Calvin, but uh, the finish, and he's shown, you know, in his short time as an Aberdeen player, that he is a natural finisher, probably the most natural finisher since Adam Rooney has been at the club. But he does need someone to, to supply the service. And if he gets that, he'll put away his fair share of goals. And I'm no doubt about that. Yeah, we'll come on to Marley Watkins in just a second as well, because I thought he had a huge contribution. Um, Joe, by the sounds of things, doing a, a sort of House of Commons vote face, the eyes to the right, the nose to the left. Um, looked back to his best, as you say, Andrew. Uh, and if if anyone if anyone epitomised the, the manager's description of putting their bodies in the line, it was him, wasn't it? It was. Um, I, I thought the save that Joe made from Martin Boyle in the first half, albeit it accounted for nothing because Boyle was offside. But if you remember, Boyle burst through and yeah. Joe spread himself and, and made a brave save. The fact that he made that save, you could almost see him grow and think, I can still do it. Now I'll just go and show everybody that I can still do it. There was one cross that came in in the second half where um, he came out a wee bit like Superman. And I think Dre Wright, the substitute, got a head flick onto it, but it went well wide of the post, um, where he maybe looked slightly suspect, but having been battered around the way he had been, um, <laughs> he probably was seeing about five footballs coming into, into the box. But um, it was uh, interesting, after the game, uh, when Stephen Glass was asked about Joe, he said... His, his nose, as you said, nose to the to the right or 
whatever it was. Um, <laughs> he said, he now looks like a proper goalkeeper, but Stephen was delighted with um, what Joe had given him. Uh, yeah. He'd shown up really well in training. He hadn't sulked about being dropped. He'd recovered from the illness. And I think he showed what a big player he is for Aberdeen. Yeah. One of the uh, the backroom staff said to me, um, you know, Marley Watkins is going to be the difference in this game. And so... <laughs> I thought he made a huge impact, Dave. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's such a talented player and, you know, by his own admission, he wasn't 100% fit when he had his first spell with Aberdeen. He's a huge player for the side, you know, both in his own ability, but also the ability to link up with Ramirez. And, uh, you know, that was such an important part of of Saturday's victory. But, you know, having a fit Marley Watkins will be a, a huge asset for Aberdeen. I liked him when he was at Inverness. Um, I thought he was a great player. Um, and we've been linked with him, I think, I'm pretty sure, a few years back. And it was disappointing when we didn't get him and he went down south. But uh, now that we've got him and permanently, it's an absolutely huge signing for Aberdeen, Stephen. Yeah, a win with, uh, interestingly, far less possession stats than previous games. I'm sure Andrew will tell me. I think it was something like 20% less possession. But that's the thing about stats. Nobody really cares about them at all, so long as the main ones in your favour. Don't tell Andrew that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the data did say that Hibs dominated. I think it was 56-44, yeah, the one yeah. that I saw. Um, Hibs forced four corners. Aberdeen had none. But the bottom line is Aberdeen scored one goal, Hibs didn't. And that, in the end of the day, is the only stat that counts in football. You can... Okay, you can you can sort of base your performance levels on other statistics. Uh, what would have been interesting would have been seeing the GPS stats for the players to see how much running they all did in comparison to some of their opponents. I'm thinking of Hibbs, Chris Cadden. Does anybody remember anything Chris Cadden did in the 45 minutes he was on? Jamie Gullen, for the hour that he was on, did nothing. Kevin Nisbet, Scotland International. Totally anonymous. Jack Ross is the is the manager who has got problems at the moment. But it's the nature of football, and it's the way this season's going uh, that you're going to have sides that will go on runs where they look like world beaters, and then all of a sudden the bottom will fall out of their world, and they'll they'll go on a, a much longer run where they're not picking anything up. It's because the league is so tight. But uh, no, as far as the statistical side of things went on Saturday, the only one that mattered was the one that said Aberdeen won, Hibernian zero. Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing, um, I, the feelings that you have before a football match. And I said this to you last week, I don't know if you remember, when we were talking about what the score might be. I said to you, I, I don't worry about the, the so-called bigger games against bigger teams. It's, it's the ones with Livingston's and the Ross counties of this world that I, I sort of panic about. But Hibs and Hearts, I think, generally take care of themselves. And as I drove in on Saturday, I just had this feeling. I thought, right, we've turned the luck of St. Mirren, uh, of uh, Celtic, of St. Johnston, St. Johnston Dundee. Dundee, all these Lee teams. Griffiths. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, surely, maybe, maybe today is a turn for us to have a bit of luck. Uh, and Hibs fans have been growing increasingly and settled by their, their own team's recent displays. Are we fooling ourselves with this win, with, with their loss of form? Maybe it wasn't as big a result as we thought, Dave. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, yes, we've turned the season around for other clubs, but hopefully Hibs are now in that that boat and they've turned the season around for for uh, for ourselves. Now, 
we've Hibs have not been playing well, but they are still full of very good players. They're still a, a good unit, and uh, they'll bounce back. And as Andrew said, it's just their turn to get a bit of flat now. It's important for Aberdeen, absolutely massive, how we go on after getting that confidence boost because we can't allow ourselves to get back into the rut that we were in uh, before Saturday. That's that's uh, you know priority number one to be prepared. And we need the, the points to get back up that league. Yeah, the, the important thing, as Dave says there, after securing that first victory, Andrew, is building upon it. Uh, we are in that so-called tough period of fixtures. The champions away next, followed by Hearts at home on Saturday. I suppose the interesting thing about the league at this stage is that neither of Celtic or Rangers are actually running away from the rest of the, the team. It's actually quite a nice league at the moment where, where nobody's just tearing away from it, the rest of it. Um, so Rangers tomorrow, how do you see that one going? It's going to be extremely difficult, as it always is when you go to Ibrox. Everything is stacked against you. There'll be very little in the way of um, Aberdeen support within the, the stadium. Uh, Rangers will expect to win the game. But interestingly enough, Dave and I were speaking to Craig Brown yesterday, and Craig was saying that you know maybe this is a good time for Aberdeen to get Rangers because they've come off the back of a, a tough European game against Bromby last Thursday, an equally tough game against St Mirren on Sunday and now Wednesday where Aberdeen have had that extra day's rest and recuperation. Um, Aberdeen are, are maybe meeting Rangers at the right time, but on the flip side, we don't have a defence. No. Um, we will have a defence, <laughs> but um, it's not going to be a first-choice defence. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that um, would prompt you to, to favour Rangers in this one. But I think, you know, in all honesty, I don't think there'll be too many Dons fans will be expecting Aberdeen to get anything out of this game at all. But if they can go down there and put up a spirited showing and not come away in the wrong end of an absolute battering, you know, the confidence won't take that much of a dip. But such is the fickle nature of football, a phrase that I've used so many times over the last <laughs> however many weeks that, you know, anything could happen. But, you know, you have to go way back to when Scott McKenna scored the winner for Aberdeen back in December 2018, for the last time Aberdeen scored at Ibrox, never mind, you know, won a game at Ibrox. We did have a nothing each draw in amongst that, but round it wrapped around these results have been some 4 nils, a 5 nil. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Rangers aren't firing, firing in all cylinders. Yeah, they're not doing um, that to anyone right now, are they're, they? They're not. They're not. So I think it, it, it shows, as you say, the competitive nature of the league. Uh, everybody spoke about it before the season started. You've got Hibs, Hearts, Dundee, Dundee United, Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen. All the big clubs are back in the league. And I think that is showing this season. Uh, Celtic are starting to produce a little bit of form now after a very iffy start to the season. Rangers may be stuttering, but they are still grinding out results. But um, it will be interesting over the next month to six weeks because there's a lot of fixtures just to see how things pan out. I mean, managers will always tell you they wait until you know the first two rounds of fixtures have been played yeah. and then you get a, a more realistic look to the league table. Just now... Leads can chop and change as they have done, uh, and you know sides will come and go. Uh, but you know the, the cream always rises to the top. Well, let's hope, uh, and let's hope we're part of that cream. Uh, 
No, the thing is, when we say um, we have no recognisable defenders, um, that's not a form thing. That is generally an, an injury thing this time around. So before we get on to how you see the game shaping up in terms of the scoreline, how do you see like the back line shaping up, Dave? Well, I think you'll probably have the two ex-Rangers players, McCrory and Bates, in the centre of the defence. On the virtue, there's really nobody else. Um, I expect Johnny to be in on the, the left-hand side. The right-hand side, we were talking, Andrew and I, yesterday about it, Jack Gurr, you know, he's probably he's a recognised right-back, obviously had a horrendous time with the Wraith Rovers game and his, his confidence took a, a bit of a, a battering, but uh, he could possibly come back into contention. But uh, it will be a makeshift uh, backline, there's no doubt about that. Andrew, you... you- Having spoken to Dave, obviously see the, the back line in a similar fashion. Yeah, um, Dean Campbell could come in and do a job at left-back if um, he was called upon. But I think Johnny, having the, the greater experience and having played there on a number of occasions uh, over the last two, three seasons, I think he's probably going to be the, the first choice in there at left-back. Um, the, the problem is, if we do get a, a central defender injured, and the way our, our luck is going injury-wise at the moment, <laughs> you wouldn't bet against it. And um, who have we got? So I'm looking down the age groups. There's young Mason Hancock, 18-year-old, um, never played first-team football. Um, he would be the next in line, uh, assuming that Michael Devlin is still not match, uh, even ready to be considered for a, a match-day squad. Um, and then you're looking... And thinking, well, the next central defender is Evan Towler, who is 16. Now, Evan has got a great career ahead of him. He keeps uh, progressing the way he's doing with under-18s. But to be thrown in to the lion's den is Ibrox. No, uh, I don't think he's ready for that. Um, If he's listening to this, he'll be probably shouting at whatever device he's listening on and going, of course I'm ready, because he's that type of boy. He's a confident boy. I doubt those will be the words he'll use. (laughs) No, probably not. Um, The the only other uh, person that I can think of is Kieran Nguenya, who is currently out on loan at Kelty Hearts. Now, would you recall him because of the injury crisis? There's a possibility of that um, because you can't bring anybody else in. That's the thing. And looking through the rest of the squad, you're, we've got plenty of midfielders, but there's not a, a six-foot-two built like a brick outhouse midfielder that you can think, well, he could come, drop back and do a job as a centre-half um, or a back-four player, other than possibly Teddy Jenks. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, as I say, I think on, on Saturday, you know, everything was thrown at the, the guys who played in defence. They handled well. So um, it, it's it's a case of, you know, step up to the plate. Your club mm. needs you. I mean, the thing is, when, when I mean, I, I, I don't know for definite, but looking from my uh, point of view, and by that I mean up in the gantry, looking down on the pitch, it seemed to me that the defence was far more organised as a unit when Scott Brown was back there. Yeah, well, I mean, huge experience. Um, He has played as a central defender uh, for Celtic, so Stephen said, 
He said, I got that information from somebody else. He said, Scott didn't volunteer the information, but I chucked him back in there and he did a job. Um, He could do a job in there. Um, It would mean then that you probably pull Dylan McGeoch into your starting 11 because he does a similar type job to to Scott Brown in the middle of the park. There are options available, but um, we we certainly can't handle too many more injuries because... uh, uh, the, the back division is absolutely stretched to the bare bones. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of Michael Devlin, I have seen photographic evidence that he is indeed at least standing up in training. So that you know that is that something. Whether he was actually moving and running, I don't know. But he, he, he is he is doing running. Um, uh, but and it was good to see that he was involved in the in a training session. Yeah. Uh, whether that was just a warm up that the pictures were taken of, or whether he's kicking a ball again uh, in. Anger. I'm. I'm not just too sure, but uh, you know, Michael must be absolutely desperate to to get himself out onto the park. We both know Michael well, Dave and I, um, from times that he's worked with us on Red TV, and a more genuine guy you could yeah. meet. So, so he will be champing at the bits. But obviously, because of his injury history, Adam Stokes and the medical team will be, you know, trying to keep things sensible and not have him go too fast too soon and end up then being out for another prolonged period. The thing is, though, he, am I right in saying he's, his contract is only until January, had a certain period of time to try and prove himself? Yeah. Yeah, that's so... Great. So, he's running out of time as Michael. Well, that, that, that's 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 my point. So he might not be quite ready, but he's also running out of time in the on the, the other ticker. So, you know, what, what do you do? Uh, okay, Rangers versus Aberdeen first up. How do you see that game shipping up, Dave? Uh, to be honest, I would love if, for us to take something, obviously. But I think if we were to, to lose by a single goal, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah, I'm just touched on it because I think the important one out of the two coming up is the Hearts game on Saturday in terms of, another, you know, in front of a, a home crowd after the Hibs game. The Hearts slipped up a wee bit against Dundee at the weekend. Uh, so I, I would take a 1-0 defeat because, it, uh, again, the last thing you want is if we were to get beaten heavily tomorrow night, the mood would go back to the way it was pre-Hibs. Yeah. And that's the last thing, last thing we want ahead of a, a huge game against Hearts. And a, a Hearts side that's very beatable, I believe. So pragmatically, realistically, um, and I think for the first time ever, Dave is predicting <laughs> that the Dons will lose one one nil. Uh, but it, yeah. but it won't it won't dent us too much in terms of uh, our longer term ambitions and the Hearts game on Saturday, Andrew. I've got to go along with Dave. Uh, I don't see Aberdeen winning. It will take a, a massive, massive performance to even come away with a point. Uh, a single goal defeat, whether it's 1-0, 2-1, um, I would take that. But, you know, you're always just hoping against hope that somehow or other things will go your way and you manage to sneak a victory. But given the the current form of both sides, given the the circumstances of the game, with it being at Ibrox in front of 50,000 once again, and given our injury list, 
even I can't make a case for an Aberdeen victory or, or even a draw. So I'll go for a single goal defeat as well. Right. Okay. I'll go nil nil. And I, you know, for those Dons that haven't played at Ibrox before, just a, a tip: it is not a tradition. I'm thinking of Christian Ramirez here specifically. It is not a tradition to throw lager on the fans on the the pitch from plastic cups. I would steer clear of that if I were you. Now, um, Aberdeen versus Hearts on Saturday. A different prospect back at Petodri. Uh, Dave, first on this one. Assuming tomorrow night isn't an unmitigated disaster, um, I'll go for a 2-0 Aberdeen win on Saturday. Uh, we, we did play them off the park at Tynecastle for a period, Andrew. Um, what's what's your thought on that one? Yeah, I would agree that second half we, we were much the better side against Hearts at Tynecastle. And say, if we can repeat that and... Sometimes it's the case, you know, when players come up against another group of players that they've played well against, and just go, oh, you lot again. Oh, we can play well against you. Um, I, I think, again, a big, big effort needed from everyone. Everyone working as a single unit, that is crowd, staff, players. If we can get that feeling once again, I can see Aberdeen winning. I think it'll just be a single goal victory, though. I'll go for a 1-0. I'm with Dave in this. I'm going to go for two. I don't know where the two goals are coming from, but I'm going to go for two. Why am I, why am I eternally optimistic? I've become Dave overnight. Uh, finally, for Pataudry for now, let's look at the under-18s in Scottish Youth Cup round two action on Friday past at Cormac Park, uh, facing Banks of D, which Aberdeen ended up winning 8-0. The match included... A debut for 14-year-old Aberdeen player, Lancelot Pollard. What a great name that is. Speaking after the match to Andrew, Aberdeen's Barry Robson. I think it was a, a mismatch. Um, I thought we were a lot stronger in them tonight, but it gives a chance to put some um, young players, even younger players on the pitch. It was a pleasing thing for us. You'd expect us to, to score a few goals tonight, but as I said, it was, it was more important that we got some of the boys um, some game time that needed that as well. Young Lancelot coming on second half, uh, confident looking wee boy. Yeah, 14 years old and coming up and playing at this level, um, you could see the talent in him, but he's hopefully going to be a big player for Aberdeen in the future and that's why we took him up, get him involved with us um, a wee bit, have a wee look at him and um, you can tell he needs to grow, but it's the, the, the talent and technique you can see, there's it, it's all there, he's a good mover as well. Tell by just before he even touched the ball, I could tell he moved well, so um, yeah, he's got a real chance and Somebody hopefully will be here for years to come for us. A good outing for the team. We've spoken before about Banks D at senior level and how they would do a job in the Highland League no bother. But at this age group, Andrew, maybe not quite so handy. They were a, a decent side and to give them huge credit, they stuck to their ethos of trying to play football. Uh, never at any point did they resort to any roughhouse tactics. I thought they showed great respect for their opponents, as did the Aberdeen boys. There was no showboating whatsoever from them. You know, when you're you're 6-0 up after 37 minutes or whatever it was, um, it would have been easy for some of the some kids to, to just go, right, I'll show you all the tricks that I've got in my locker. But no, they didn't do that. And, you know, having been 6-0 down at half time, it showed a bit of a ticker from the Banks of D side that they only conceded two in the second half. Lancelot Pollard, as you mentioned, came on. A young player that uh, first came to my attention uh, on an evening when I was emceeing the Aberdeen Youth Academy annual awards. And if you recall, there is a video of me taking a a step back oh, to yeah. allow young Lancelot uh, to, to come up and shake hands with Derek McInnes. up in my memories. <laughs> I'm sure Dave will manage to add it to our Twitter feed for Petardry oh. PS to let everybody see. But um, 
Yeah, as my back is still sore after that. But um, young Lancelot hasn't grown hugely stature-wise since then. He's still a wee lad. Um, he reminds you a lot of the, the wee guy at Celtic, Karamoko Dembele. Um, uh, but he's, he's a, a confident wee boy. Um, he's willing to take people on. He's got good feet. Um, and if he just stretches a wee bit in height, which at 14 he's still got plenty of time to do that yeah. and, and builds up a wee bit, there's a player there without any question, as, as you heard Barry Robson saying. But um, it was a, a good workout for the, the, the young Dons. Uh, the goals were well shared amongst the squad. So they don't have a game this week because they've got three boys away on international duty. Uh, Dylan Lobin, Finlay Murray and the goalkeeper blessing Ole Yemi. Uh, so no game this week for the, the youngsters. OK, uh, in terms of Lancelot Pollard, I think Barry used exactly the same words that I hear a lot of former footballers use, uh, where they don't get carried away about someone coming in and, and possibly having a future. They say, yeah, he's got a wee chance. A wee ch-. Those are the words that I hear used often. Well, that unfortunately is... is- an absolute fact of life. It is just a wee chance yeah. um, because y- you look at, we'll look at in five years' time, well, if we're still around, um, at the, <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, no, that's Dave and myself I'm talking about, not you, John. Um, <laughs> As my granny would say, a piece of cheerful keeps you going, Andrew. Right. Um, but you can look back and, and talented groups who looked like world beaters at 16, 17, and then you see how many of them actually went on and made a career for themselves. And it is a wee chance that you've got. Yeah. Uh, but um, he's definitely got, he's a wee boy, well, wee chance. I think that that uh, little bit of footage of you following off that stage, I think we had that in slow-mo, didn't we, Dave? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my uh, technically aware colleagues to... Do it up and it's, it's it's I never tire of watching. <laughs> did, did Amy Thompson not have a boomerang version of it? Yeah, she up did. Up and down she off did. the stage. Absolutely oh. brilliant. Well, but you will notice that I kept my balance throughout. I it didn't demolish the stage set. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll try and see if we can get that onto our Twitter account later. Now, just a bad day at the office. That was how we decided things had gone for Cove Rangers last weekend as they went down 4-2 away to East Fife. Saturday, they were back at Balmoral Stadium against second-bottom Clyde and run out 3-0 winners. I know after the game, Dave, Shea Logan was telling you that's the best performance the team turned in all season. Yeah, um, I mean, Shea was also his best performance. He was named the sponsor's man of the match, uh, a decision that I totally agreed with. And uh, everything that went wrong the previous week, everything went right on on Saturday and uh, it was a, a great performance and uh, good to see the, the goals coming from, you know, not Rory and Mitch, you know, which means they are getting shared around Robbie Leach and uh, Connor Scully scoring the, the two goals. So, uh, but uh, always in control against Clyde and they nullified David Goodwillie who hit one fantastic shot off the bar in the first half. But that aside, he was very, very quiet and uh, no, I, Totally agree with Shea. It was a, a great performance from uh, from Cove. More like the way we, the, we know that they can play. Yeah, Cove now one of three teams on 20 points at the top of Scottish League One, wedged between Queen's Park and Adrianians, and a cracker in prospect this coming weekend when Cove welcome Queen's Park 
Uh, two bomb on all for a top of the table clash. Peter Head, meanwhile, trying to build on their recent improved form, held to a stalemate at Balmour by Falkirk, despite having the bulk of the chances. For the Highland League teams, only a couple of league matches on Saturday. Devon Vale stuck six past Lossie. Turriff edged out Fort William 3-2. Uh, the reduced league card because a few of the Highland teams were involved in the Scottish Cup. Nairn dumped 5-0 by Banks of D. Huntley lost 4-1 to Stenhouse Muir. Bucky Thistle going down by the same score to Kelty Hearts. Uh, for Martin, lost 2-0 to Forfer. Brora, goalless against Albion Rovers. Same story for Delbiti Star against Rothis. In the juniors, Dave. Um, well, well done to Dice, who made it through to the fourth round of the Scottish Junior Cup. Uh, Nicky Gray scored a hat-trick. Liam Kerr also in target in the 4-2 win against West Calder at Edenmere Park. Uh, Newmarket United unfortunately bowed out, but put up a great fight going down 2-0 to Dundee North End. So that leaves Dice and uh, Banks D, who travelled to Lochie this weekend in the uh, Junior Cup as the North East two representatives. Um, Bridget on Thistle, they go top of the Super League after a 3-1 win at uh, the Sports Village against Maud. And uh, down in Division 2, Rothy Rovers, they consolidated at the top with a 5-3 victory at home to White Hills. And uh, again, Ewan Clark, who scored a hat-trick a couple of weeks ago, did the same again. Keith Walker getting the other two goals. So, uh, um, you know, the, but Dice, that was an excellent performance by Dice, and it's great to see two sides. And thanks to D, the longer they go in that competition, you can see the way they dismissed uh, Nairn County at the weekend, the more... They could be looking at the first success for a northeast side in the, since Banks Dean and, and Sunnybank did it way way back when. But uh, it's like they're doing great guns for the for the uh, the junior game in the northeast. I tell you what, that is a, a Scotland the what type fixture that one, isn't it? Lochie Banks three three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine. Uh, that is pretty much it for episode 12 of Pitodry PS. We aim to publish every week on a Tuesday if we can. Always looking back to the Don's previous fixtures and ahead to the next. Please remember to follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review us, tell us what you think of the show too. We'd be very grateful. Thanks for checking out Pitodry PS. We'll see you next time.